myself, Noah, and Dahadi are going to examine the Christmas narrative and then identify three different characters in the Christmas story that we could learn from when it comes to church planting. So the title of this podcast is Church Planting Tips from the Christmas Story. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Welcome to another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, the lead pastor of August Gate in St. Louis, joined as always by Dahadi Lewis, the lead pastor of Blueprint Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and Hayden Ratner, the senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're coming to you today with a very special last episode of 2020, and it is going to be a Christmas episode. Hey, you guys ready? Excited for Christmas this year? I am really excited, and we get a chance to end the year in 2020 talking about Christmas, talking about kind of all these things. So I'm I'm really excited to bring this to a close. So I'm just I'm I'm waiting in anticipation for today. Big facts. Hi, you got that uh, that amazing jacket on for those who are just listening in. They don't see this amazing denim jacket with the plaid. Man, the 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 red plaid uh, Christmas looking sleeves, baby. I love that. Yeah, man. I, I felt like it was only right. End of the year podcast, Christmas season, 2020. I'm pulling out my best fit, my Christmas fit. And uh, we also got some green and red lights in the room. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to jump into the Send Network podcast. Last one of the year. Let's let's do it. Man, uh, Hyde, you really had um, a vision for today of what, what we could do with Christmas. Yeah. I, I want, want you to set it up for us. Where are we going today? What, what do we feel God's leading us to do to help church planters today? Yeah, so really to, the, to set the tone for today is I thought it would be really neat. This is kind of like a one-off podcast where myself, Noah, and Dahadi are going to examine the Christmas narrative and then identify three different characters in the Christmas story that we could learn from when it comes to church planting. So the title of this podcast is Church Planting Tips from the Christmas Story. And so each one of us have selected a character or characters from the Christmas story that we're leaning into their lives and we're pulling out practical tips for 2021 that we can apply to church planting and pastoring from this Christmas story. Who better to kick us off today than Pastor Noah Oldham? Take us into this devotional word from the Christmas story uh, regarding church planting. We'd love to learn from you here right now. Man, honored to do this. One of the things I love about the Christmas narrative um, is just the 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 mystery and the beauty and the 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 deep spirituality of it but we often only resign it to one time a year so if you do advent maybe four or five times you talk about it and then it's a whole nother 11 months before you pick it up again so we want to squeeze out all that we can from it i believe that there is a a part of this narrative that we often overlook in our christmas Mm. pageants and our kids plays 
that is so powerful and so helpful, especially for church planting couples in the midst of really the early years of the grind. And as you get into things and those transitions, as things get hard and things get long, um, and it's the story, the narrative, the pericope, if you will, of the presentation of Jesus in the temple uh, so that the law would be fulfilled, so that everything God said needed to be fulfilled uh, Jesus' parents took him to the temple on the eighth day to be presented, to be circumcised, to go through all that must be done according to the law of God. And when they, were, when they arrived there, there were two people that had been waiting, two characters that have been impactful for my life since I was saved, the, the man named Simeon and the woman named Anna. And the reason I think these guys compare so well and they speak so well into the church planter context is because they had both lived out the long labor of waiting, long mm. labor of waiting. You think about it, church planting guys, like those early years, especially maybe at five years, I don't know, Hyde, maybe you feel like you're getting out of that. But I know that for me at five years and even 10 years, there's seasons where it feels like this is the long labor of waiting for this call of God that he's given me this promise that he's going to do this work through me to see the fruit of that. Mm. And in those those hard months, especially this time of year, as things are getting cold and people are kind of hibernating, it can begin to feel like a drag, like a long labor of waiting. So there's three things that, that I see about uh, Simeon and Anna that I want to encourage us with. Um, the first thing is their character, the character in the long labor of waiting. Simeon was said to be righteous and devout. And what we know about Anna is, is she was married and then she was widowed really young. And she lived as a devout widow for years and years and years. They had character. So what I think this text tells us, church planters, your character, don't neglect it. And the long labor of waiting, don't neglect your character. Character matters. In fact, I believe according to scripture, in so many places, God is telling us that the long labor of waiting, that trial that we feel like we're walking through, it is God's purpose to develop our character. And so don't neglect it. Instead, partner with the work that God's doing in that long labor of waiting and let him develop the character in your heart to be the leader, to be the leaders that God desires you to be. That's number one character. Don't neglect it. Number two is captivation. Captivation. Uh, what I love about Anna here is it says that she was worshipful, that she was giving herself to, to worship and prayer and fasting. She was hungry for God. And Simeon was too in his own right. Like he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And when he sees Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit reveals to him that this is what you've been waiting for, who you've been waiting for, he worships and he declares um, praise to God. And I think that that's a challenge for us as church planners, especially in the long labor of waiting, to not forget captivation. Mm. Do this. Remember why you planted a church to begin with. The reason you do this isn't because you're in love with churches or organizations or you want to lead something. It's because you are captivated by Jesus. You fell in love with Christ. You've been changed by the gospel. And so you want to pour your life out as an offering of worship to him. And so don't forget captivation in the midst of a long, hard, grueling grind of church planting, that long labor of waiting. Continue to be captivated, to worship him, to pray, to fast, uh, to make sure that you are staying plugged into the vine. And then finally, number three is the call. What I see mm. in, this, in this narrative is the call. Hold on to it. Hold on to the call. When you have nothing else left, when mm. you go through the hardest seasons of church planning, you may feel like you have nothing else left. Maybe your, close, your closest core team members leave. Maybe someone in your team betrays you. 
Maybe uh, your space that you were meeting in falls through because of COVID. All kinds of things can fall apart. If you feel like you have nothing left, the one thing you have left is the call. And that's all that Simeon had, and that's all that Anna had. Wow. They, they wow. gave themselves to the call, and so hold on to it. Hold on to that call. I remember years ago when my journey first started, and I took, I came to St. Louis to potentially work with the church, and they decided right after we moved here and we'd made all these promises and arrangements, they decided real quickly, hey, we're not ready to plant a church for like three or four years. Originally, it was nine to 12 months. So I find myself with nowhere to go, knowing nobody, no money, no, no anything. And uh, I remember my uncle called me, and he just said, don't give up. Don't give up on the call. And I told him, I have nothing else but the call. That's mm. all I have. I can't, I can't let go of that. And so I, I, I think back to that moment and remember that it was God holding on to me. And so church planters, church planting couples, pastors that are going through the long labor of waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled, character, don't neglect it. Captivation, don't forget it. And call, hold on to it. That's mine. Hey, Hayden, man, man, I would love for you to add to that. What's God saying to you from the Christmas narrative that can help our, our listeners today? Wow. Well, I don't know if I can add to that, but hopefully I can compliment it because that was a really good word that, that I needed to hear. And so I want to go ahead and, and shift our attention right now to the characters of the wise men in the story. We, we know these three kings. There was, may have been more. There may have been uh, a less potentially, but we do know that they showed up, these wise men showed up on the scene and they were ready. And so what I wanna do is I wanna grab some pro tips from the wise men when it comes to, to church planters. You find them pop up only in the Gospel of Matthew for just a couple quick moments in Matthew chapter two. So in these first few verses in Matthew two, we see now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For, for we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So just in these first two verses, I see that these, these wise men prioritized two things. And this is my encouragement to church planners and team members for the new year to prioritize these two things. The first one is to prioritize the word. Now, why do I say prioritize the word? Well, because they had to know that there was one day going to be a star that was going to point to a coming king who was going to be the savior of the world. Where do they know that? Well, they know that because in Numbers 24, it says that a star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel. And so that they had been planning and preparing for this star. Also in Isaiah 60, it says that in these shall bring gold and they shall bring frankincense and they shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. And so we see that these wise men, they came from different parts and different contexts. We don't know a ton about them. We, we could probably assume that they were wealthy, that they were men of stature. David Platt actually says that we shouldn't think of them as isolated stargazing club men, but that they were well-respected with roles and politics, religion, and their land, and they had a high position. And so, church planner, these wise men prioritized the word, and so I just want to encourage you to do the same. I know for me as a church planter, when I'm not prioritizing the word of God in my life, I tend to be a little bit more anxious, a little bit more worried, a little bit more quick and snappy with my family, a little bit more torn and drawn and drifting away from the things of God and more closer to the things of the world when I'm lacking in the word. And so I love how the wise men prioritize the word 
which led them to this next decision. The second thing we see from them is they prioritized worship, right? It says in this text that the wise men came from afar to worship him. These wise men came a long distance to worship Christ and they needed to prioritize it in their lives to see it happen. I know for me, again, I'm just looking at my own life and I'm not prioritizing worship personally to the Lord and corporately to the Lord. I sense just a little bit of a, a off spirit in my life. And so even the other day at our own church service, I'm in the front row. I'm trying to like dissect the service flow. I'm thinking about who's there. I'm thinking about who's on the left of me and the right of me, thinking about my, my mask. I'm thinking about all types of different stuff. And the Holy Spirit was like, yo, worship, <laughs> prioritize worship. And I'll, there's something about when we prioritize worship of the Savior, of Christ, that things seem to just get smaller. Distractions seem to fade away. I love how the wise men prioritize the word and they prioritized worship in their own lives. The, mm. the final point that I would just say that we can learn from the wise men is prioritize honor. So prioritize the word, prioritize worship, and then prioritize honor. The wise men section closes in Matthew 2, verse 10 and 11. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Then going into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother and they fell down, they worshiped him and opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, many have said that these gifts, these three gifts were costly, expensive, rare items. I like how William Barclay says it. He says, gold for a king, frankincense for a priest, and myrrh for one who was to die. These were the gifts of the wise men. And even at the cradle, the gifts foretold what, we, what he was to be. And so I love how the wise men, they said, if we're going to show up to worship this king, we're going to show up with a gift. We're going to show up with our best gift. We're going to show up ready and prepared to honor the Savior. And that's something that I've been trying to practice. Wherever I go, whenever I'm meeting with leaders that I honor, I try to bring a gift. I actually met with a, a leader who's been planting in our city for about 20 years. I brought some of our planters to meet and learn from him. And we showed up and we said, hey, here's a gift that we just want to honor you with. And he said, he stopped in the middle of our meeting. He said, the fact that we showed up with honor and with a gift just tore down walls. He just was ready to, to, to give to us. And so I think that there's a posture and a principle in the Bible that says, we need to outdo each other in showing honor. Bring your best gift wherever you go, whatever you do, honor leaders. That's what we can learn from the wise men. So going into 2021, let me recap, prioritize the word prioritize worship, prioritize honor. That's going to help church planning efforts in the new year. Well, let me honor my yeah. brother and pastor, Dahadi Lewis, who's on the call. Dr. Lewis, man, we want to learn from you today. Who have you selected from the Christmas story that church planters, team members, pastors can learn from? Yeah, brother, that was good. That was good. And it, it was as good. I was over here taking notes for both of y'all because <laughs> I'm going I'm going to preach this message. You know, you gave me two weeks uh, worth of messages um, that I need to um, utilize for the for my church upcoming. No, seriously, but Hayden, I think that that is good. What you like what you were saying. And I just really want to pick up on that, that idea of prioritizing honor, because I think, you know, we have chosen you know, to, to, to represent December 25th as a day that we remember the coming of our Lord, the first advent uh, of our Lord and Savior. And that's a day as Christians around the globe come around and we are reminded of that. And, you know, and that these are all kind of symbols that are pointing to the greatest gift that he has given us in the personal work of his son, um, wow. Jesus, that the Father has given us. And these, the little gifts that we exchange back and forth, even our best gifts, 
pale in comparison to the gift that he has given us in Amen. Christ. And so this season and that private, that giving honor is really to, in so many ways, I think captures my heart. And so I really appreciate, I appreciate that. And I also just think that it's really important for us as planters to recognize that. Mm. Because as I've been talking to planters, you know, over these last couple of weeks, really over this last year, so many planters are ready to give up. So many planters are distressed. So many planters are hurt. They're frustrated. They're, you know, they're angry in so many different ways. And I think that that is important for us to remind us that of the father's gift that he's given for each and every one of us to show that honor to us. You know, and as I think about that, a lot of times we don't really recognize that. And this is why I, I chose Joseph. And I think it's important for us to understand the story of Joseph because you got to understand, you know, during this time, the children of Israel, God has not spoken for 400 years, right. you know, to the children of Israel. God has been silent since the book of Malachi and religion has run rapid. So we're talking about some really dark times, you know, that is going on in this time. And now all of a sudden, what we get a chance to see is this, this uh, uh, from a man who is a God-fearing. So first of all, you recognize you have a God-fearing man in the midst of a dark time where a lot of religion is running rampant. And you got this wow. man, Joseph, right? You got this man, Joseph, that the Bible recognizes as that. So, so I love that as, as what kind of what, you know, you were saying, Noah, about you have a man who has character, who is captivated by the, you know, the word of God and, you know, and understands this. And he's about to marry this woman, right? He's about to marry Mary. And in this idea of him marrying Mary, what I'm pulling from is from a little bit before what you just was referring to, um, Hayden, was in Matthew chapter one. And in Matthew chapter one, what you get a chance to see is that in the midst of this dark time, in the midst of all this going on, just very similar in the midst of the dark times that we are in, that there is a burden of hope that mm. the Christmas season brings to us. But when we see this hope, oftentimes we don't understand the hope in which the hope is supposed to be in the way that the hope is supposed to be understood, right? Because you got to remember this. Have you ever asked the question, why didn't God tell Joseph about what was going on? God didn't just simply tell Joseph, but what we see actually in chapter 1, verse 18, and I'm reading from the CSB, it says, the birth of Jesus came about this way. After his mother Mary had, had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered. Yeah. Wow. It was discovered. And we know in that story, basically, Mary tells Joseph that, hey, I'm pregnant. When we understand this idea of developing a vision from burden, right, that when we recognize this thing, this, this person, this discovery that is that Emmanuel, God with us. And this really as church planners, that's what we're talking about. Each and every one of us have a passion to bring a tangible expression of the gospel to, into a into a place and, and basically to bring a tent like Emmanuel, God being with us. And what does that look like for us as a local church, a local gathering in a neighborhood in, in what we're doing? So presenting Emmanuel. At first, it was discovered to Joseph. And then after this was going on, that wasn't a popular thing in this time. This, what we see now as a message of hope, wasn't good. It was actually very scandalous, right? right? 
it was very scandalous. Being a Christian right now in our time is not actually a message of hope to the world. It's actually a scandalous message as we enter. And, and I think that brings a lot of the frustration that has happened. And what I see is that, you know, in this, as planters and pastors wrestle with this, you know, the message of hope, what they're doing, and what COVID and 2020 has brought, it's like many of us like, let's stop doing this. Let's forget this. Like, let, let me go find something else. Let me do something else, right? What it says is that Joseph actually decided to divorce her secretly. He just like, I don't like this vision. I don't like this new mm-hmm. hope. Wow. I'd rather divorce it. I'd rather leave it. It would it, it, be easier. And like, like, it doesn't, like, he still would be a godly man and all these things, but like, he initially rejects the call, the vision that God has. But we understand, it says, but the angel appeared to him in a dream. He intercepts him. He comes in and he tells Joseph. And you know kind of the story. But what I love about the story it starts off with him discovering this hope, this vision. It then talks about how he wrestled with this vision. But by the end of the story in verse 21, it says, she will give birth to a son and you are to name him. God wants him to take ownership of it. So not only because you know, when like earlier from the very beginning, Adam Right, he's naming the animals. It's this idea of showing kind of responsibility and taking responsibility for it. And so we go from this man, Joseph, who a vision was discovered. He wrestled, wanted to leave it because it's scandalous and it's hard work. It's harder than, but at the end, God is saying, you need to name it. You need to take ownership of it. You need to be responsible for it. And so my encouragement to pastors, as we listen and we accept the burden of hope that every Advent, every Christmas season brings, that it's a reminder for us to hold on, even in the midst of the burden of the hope that brings, that comes in. Because there's a lot of things that we can do, but like Dr. Hendricks used to always say, what is the one thing that we must do? And as we are developing that burden of hope, I just really encourage them in three things. And I've kind of already said it is one, consider your story as God's providence and the things that God has not wasted. 2020 has not wasted your life. Consider your story. Number two, count the cost right? It's, it's, it's like, it's not, it's going to be hard. We are going from not only having to worry about in-person stuff, we've got online stuff. We got like, we are, we're double dutying everything. And it's just like, as we enter into the season as a planter, but then the other one I would say is contextualize your call. There's a lot of things you can do. But what is the thing that you must do? Like take ownership, name your thing, use God's providence in your life in order to shape what God is calling you to do in 2021 as a pastor and a planter. Man, what, what a way to end 2020. Uh, I think that speaks right to the heart of where so many church planters, so many pastors are at. Uh, thank you, Hayden. Thank you, Dahadi. Man, uh, I'm thankful for this episode. I pray it's going to bless others. Hey, if you're listening and this is blessing you, we invite you to not only make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, but share it with those around you. You never know who it might encourage, who it might challenge, who might help take their next step in their church planting journey. If you want to find out more information about Send Network and church planting with the Send Network, just text the words Send Network to 888-123. Again, that's Send Network to 888-123. 
We're looking forward to seeing you all in the new year. We've got some new content coming in 2021. We are trusting God for another year of his grace, another year of his fresh vision as he sends us out on mission together, planting churches everywhere for everyone. We pray that your Christmas is worshipful and you have time to really go deep with the Lord and so he can give you fresh vision for the coming year. But until we see you again in the new year, 2021, we are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Sin Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.